This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. One-timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! And everything from the state of hockey. St. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Episode number 70 of the Healthy Scratch interview segment. I'm Noah Grant, joined alongside my co-host and Nick Maxson. And Nick, we were joined by two ladies today that, uh, yeah, I, kind of a little bit more soft-spoken uh, a little bit, but uh, a lot of great things to say. And it was interesting to kind of uh, really highlight two players that are moving into their sophomore season. I think it's uh, it's not often that we get two players that not only are they from the same class, they're also underclassmen too. It's interesting to get that perspective and think back to what it was like when we were 18 and 19 year, years old about a century or two ago, depending on which one of us you're talking about. But nonetheless, uh, Nick, what did you think of this interview? Well, first of all, uh, soft-spoken, my rear end. Um, but to your point, uh, you know, there again, going into the sophomore year, uh, it's always interesting when you bring on uh, some folks who are uh, maybe you know, of the younger age, per se, first time maybe being interviewed or being on kind of a setting like this. I think there's always a little bit of a, a you could say some a camera shock, maybe you're camera shy, um, because you know, we, we had an extensive conversation with them actually pre and post show, and uh, they're definitely not uh, soft-spoken. Uh, and it's, it's what it makes you kind of wish that uh, you could do this more often with those types of folks, just because yeah. I, I think there's a little bit, a lot to say about the comfortability with these. And I think they, they have some actually really fun things to say uh, both uh, pre and post game show, but even more so, during the show too. Um, again, uh, this team's exciting. And these are two very uh, up and coming young forwards that I think are going to be actually really key impact players for this hockey squad moving forward uh, as early as this season. And, and again, as you mentioned before, uh, as we follow this women's team here, Noah, that, you know, you're looking for this team, which is actually, led a lot by its underclassmen to sort of take the lead and to take, you know, sort of the reins of the hockey club. And I think you have two players that really could drive that bus in terms of getting this team to the next level. Um, and I think they provide some really good insight uh, in terms of where they think this club's going to be, uh, how high they can go, and more so what are they doing as far as preparations concerned uh, to get them ready for a good push in the WCHA. So fantastic interview again to Allie and to, uh, uh, and to the uh... – to, to Kenzie, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it's one of those things too, that, uh, um, you know, as you talk about soft-spoken or not, you know, they're players that, uh, they speak, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words and their play on the ice is something that I think dictates that piece, uh, very, very importantly. And I'm really excited to see their growth and that jump in that sophomore season. So without further ado, episode number 70 and the healthy scratch interview segment. To the Den Husky Warmer Dells podcast fans. It is episode number 70. Joining us here at the end of July in our background, the NHL expansion draft is happening, but we're not going to talk about that today. With us instead are two fabulous hockey players from the St. Cloud State women's side. Joining us from all across the country, we have Kenzie Bourgeret as so, and we also have Allison Green. It is actually Mackenzie Bourgeret. I'm so sorry. But uh, ladies, welcome to the show. Happy to be with you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, you know, let's start with you, Kenzie, um, only because, uh, you know, you have some pictures hanging up in the background. Now, I'm kind of curious, um, yeah. are you the artsy, you know, crafty type person when you're not on the hockey rink? And if so, um, is photography a side hustle for you? Um, actually, I'm the complete op- opposite of that. Um, I don't like doing anything artsy, but I thought the lights were cute. And these pictures are from my grad party, so I put them up on there just to add something to my room. Ooh, I was going to say, but aren't both of you 2002 birth years? Is that right? Yeah. Nick, yeah. do we, do you feel old yet? I feel old. No, no. <laughs> I, this, this looks fine. So we're good. 
<laughs> the better question is, I guess maybe we should ask this, Nick, I know we bring it up a lot on the show, but I think let's take a stab. Uh, either of you two, do you want to guess how old each of us is? Do you have any idea since you're a uh, young, um, 18 year old, 2002 kiddos? Good Lord. Why uh, who do you want to start with? You want to start with me or Nick? Ellie? Um, I'll do you first. Okay. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend. <laughs> this is just a guess, okay? If, if, oh, if this, you, this is when you know the answer is going to I was going to say, like, if, you, if you say 12, I'm not going to be offended. I no, know I look like, 12. I would say like late 20s. Wow, okay. I look more mature than I am. Not mature at all. I'm only 24. Well, only. Oh. Yeah, so... See, I was going to say like 26, which isn't like too late. That's not even late. That's like ah. late 20s. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh. No, oh, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting though. for the answer. I mean, here. that was pretty good. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll take that. I, yeah, I, I would like, as much as I want to look younger, I think I'm better that you didn't say like 17 or something. Like, at least I look like I'm somewhat put together, potentially, not really. Uh, I could have said like in the 30s, too. Yeah, what about Mr. Maxim? What do you got for him? Kenzie, that's you. <laughs> I'd say 26. <laughs> yes. So oh. Just for those playing the home game, Allie went over on Noah. Ken and I went under. Went under. So you win both showcases. Ken Kenzie, Kenzie, oh. you went, fun fact, you went way under, which is why it's funny. Really? Is it, are you like 36? Is that closer? Uh, not that high. <laughs> Mr. 34. Maxson. 34, Mr. Maxson. Let's see, I'm and for December. those playing the home game, that's a 10-year difference. And then, uh, no, do you want to share uh, some results that we had filming last week? So, okay, so we're going <laughs> to move into our first round of questions here. Um, so, of course, uh, the the season last year for you guys, right, 6-12-1 uh, and one on the season, uh, and it was your first year as a St. Cloud State Husky. Uh, Kenzie, you're from St. Michael, Minnesota. Uh, and then, uh, Allison, you're privileged to join us from Anchorage, Alaska, who is uh, it's also the hometown of senior Nolan Walker on the men's hockey team right now. Uh, he had 63 career points so far in his Huskies career as well. I, I guess whichever one of you wants to start, maybe we'll start with you, Allie. I where did you kind of get the idea that you were going to end up playing division one hockey and that you're going to end up at St. Cloud of all places, because with Kenzie and we'll get to her in a second, you know, Kenzie's very, very close to the Granite city area, but Allison, a uh, little more of a, a trek across the country, if you will. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to play division one hockey since I was a little girl. My dad um, played up here at university of Anchorage, Alaska. So, and they were division one back then. Um, and so it was always just a dream of mine to be a division one college hockey player. And surprisingly enough, I was really focused on playing for the WCHA or a team in the WCHA for that matter. Um, and once I started talking to St. Cloud, I really, and when I visited the city, I fell in love with it instantly. It's just such a welcoming community and you feel comfortable in it and everyone just, welcomes you with full arms you know so yeah yeah and then you look at uh kenzie your journey of course like we mentioned you're kind of that uh st michael albertville uh kind of area there just a short trek up the road uh and your journey is interesting too because both of you attended that those usa girls national camp uh invites in 2017 18 and 19 kenzie how did you become a st Cloud state husky and also did you both play at those development camps together uh, no, we didn't, but she was on one of my friend's team, and when we were both committed, that she introduced us, so we met there for okay. a few seconds, but yeah, um, when I was little, I, growing up, like, my youth teams would always go up and watch the Huskies, so I kind of fell in love with it then, and I, like, could see, like, just watching the games, how well the team got along, how well they got along with their coaches, and how involved they were in, like, the Husky family, if you want to call it that, but yeah, it was just, like, unreal seeing like the competition they were playing and like like Allie said always a big dream to play in the WCHA yeah we're happy that you went north and not south and didn't become a, a rodent if you will true <laughs> uh Allie, I want to follow up in your answer a little bit only because the WCHA um, is synonymous with elite college hockey both on the men's I should say was on the men's side now it's gone but on the women's side as well but um, I guess in Alaska, or I should say maybe when was the first time you knew or heard of a WCHA, um, knew of how, I guess, prominent it was in the college hockey scene? And I guess what did you know about it before you started to make the trek to visit and then to really start taking hockey seriously? 
Right. So, um, when I was younger, um, my dad played for them. And so, um, well, when I was born, but I would always go to those games and you'd see the banners. So in the rink, there was all these banners surrounding it with all the names of the teams on there. And so I would always ask my dad, I'd be like, okay, what's this team, this team, this team. And I started following up and watching games and they just, the, the way that the game was played within the WCHA, I felt like the style was totally different. It's fast. It's quick. You have to use your body or else you're, it's not going to end well for you, you know? So I was always really interested in that. And when I was younger, um, I played for girls, but I decided to move to boys just because, you know, I wanted that competitive feeling. And so once I moved to boys, that's when I really realized that I wanted, I was committed to playing at a higher level. So that's probably what I would say for that. (laughs) Yeah. Solid answer. Yeah. Very good answer. You know, the, the piece that is kind of interesting is you look at both of your journeys and I'm going to flip this over to Kenzie here as kind of a follow-up to uh, Allison, you actually ended up with Bell Tire, the 16U and 19U teams and kind of made that trek uh, across the country, if you will. Kenzie, you're uh, it's interesting how soft-spoken you are because uh, you were actually the program all-time leading scorer and assist leader at Northright County for the Riverhawks uh, in Minnesota high school. Uh, Nick, let's just throw this one out here. 107 games played, 90 94 goals, 97 apples for 191 total points. That's absolutely Average. insane. Yeah. Uh, she was also a Ms. Hockey semifinalist her senior year, you know, just, you know, whatever, just, just doing the thing. I, uh, uh, Kenzie, uh, one of the questions that I kind of wanted to ask is, you know, you have a, a lot of hockey memories, I'm sure, from that time, you know, growing up in Minnesota. Uh, there's a particular uh, game uh, playing uh, Roso your junior year in the section semifinals. Can you kind of walk our listeners through that and what, you know, that moment was like for you? And also, are there any other moments in high school that really stand out for you as a player? Yeah, so that was, yeah, that was a good time. Um, so we hadn't <laughs> beaten Roso home or away my whole career up to that point and uh, we were losing in that game and then we were down one zero and then we scored and tied it up one one and then we scored another one and one two one and just the feeling of beating them in their home barn just everyone went crazy we had fans that drove all the way up that like friends of ours family that drove to support us and it was just unreal to be able to put on a show and beat them. And then, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. What? Sorry, Kenzie. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. He, told, he, told, he totally did. That's a Nick Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way I roll. Uh, kind of a follow-up to that, Kenzie, uh, from your high school memories to college now in the WCH and LA, I'm, I have a kind of a similar question for you after this as well. But Kenzie, I want to get your thoughts first. Uh, there's always, you know, teams that you look up to um, in every level, I think. Um, here in the WCHA, there's you know, definitely a couple of teams in the upper echelon, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I know you, you hate to put them in that upper echelon, but they're very, very good programs. Uh, when you first step on the ice against these teams, the Wisconsin Badgers and the Gophers, um, you know, I guess what's sort of your mentality uh, going against these types of opponents. And I guess too, uh, you know, does it have some of that similar feeling you were just describing uh, with, you know, those games against Rozo? Yeah, for sure. Just like going out there, um, growing up, like you never, like you realize like the, who the top teams are like in your like community and then being able to like beat them gives you that confidence that you need to like know that you can play with any team and that's like with college like going against those two teams that you talked about you just have to go in with confidence and know that you can play with them and you you can beat them if you play your best and play as a team and then uh Allie, just a slightly different variation of that you had mentioned watching the wcha and learning what it would take to win or compete in that level i guess my question is from watching it to playing it um, is it similar to what you thought it was going to be, or maybe what are some of the differences? Yeah, for sure. I definitely would say the difference between playing at Bell Tire um, to moving to college hockey, the speed is incredibly fast. It's, and you don't, and people tell you, they warn you, but you never, you're never really fully prepared for it, I don't think. And just the decision making too, like you need to be ready for the puck or ready to give the puck as fast as you can. 
Yeah, 36 combined games between the two of you, four points on the season uh, between the both of you as well. It's uh, it's an adjustment process. Let's be real. I mean, it, you move into your sophomore year, uh, you know, you're kind of looking towards the next step. Uh, but I want to go back, uh, Alice and I, one quick question for you, too. Uh, like we mentioned, you're up in Anchorage, so it's either super dark or super light for most of the year. I. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, did you not win the 2018 Division One state championship in soccer for South Anchorage uh, in your younger years? And my question is, was it dark the entire day or light the entire day when you won it? It was light the entire day. Yes, it was um, probably one of the nicest days and it was in May. So normally it's pretty cold then still, but it was really nice that day. So we got lucky. It was definitely the weather was on our side, which is not normal here. <laughs> The, the follow-up question I wanted to have, though, as you enter your, your sophomore years, we're going to get to the hockey piece in a second, but I'm more curious a little bit about the off-ice piece a little bit. You both are kind of, um, from what I understand, uh, kind of maybe more medically oriented or kind of healthcare oriented per se. I don't know if that stayed the same. It changes all the time. I know it changes for a lot of people. I see some I see some looks that say it might might have changed a little bit. So I what I have listed uh, is that... Um, I believe Allison, you're listed as you wanted to become a physician's assistant. Um, and then Kenzie, I know you were listed uh, as, I think it was biochem and maybe dermatology. Um, Kenzie, we'll start with you. Has that stayed the same or are you going to like become a pop rock star now and, you know, totally flip, flip everything on its head or what are you up to in school? Yeah, it definitely changed. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a math education major now. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Still smarter than us. No, I get <laughs> Yeah. Well, that doesn't take much. <laughs> But yeah. And what then prompted I, the change, uh, yeah. Kenzie, if you don't mind me jumping in? Um, I wanted to coach when I'm older. And with what I wanted to go into with, like, the dermatology aspect, um, that wouldn't have really been possible. So, and I've always liked math and helping people out. So yeah. It actually kind of reminds me of the journey of uh, a gal that we had a trivia question about. I uh, just graduated uh, two years ago. That's Brooke Kaderka, uh, who is a senior at St. Cloud State. She's kind of similar, kind of a math whiz, and she actually coaches AAA right mm -hmm. now. So hopefully that works out for you, Kenzie. That would be awesome. So. Um, Allison, so I, so from what it sounds like, is physician's assistant still on the table? I'm, I'm a nursing major, so I'm kind of wondering if you're going to be my boss at some point or helping me out. So just let me know. We'll be up working in Anchorage together. Uh, yeah. how, is, how is that going, and how are you liking your classes? Um, this year was awesome. I loved it. It was so much fun and definitely something I still am wanting to do. Um, yeah, no, it was great. It's very interesting to learn about it. wish I was in the classroom to be a little bit more hands-on, but hopefully this year it'll change a little bit. So, and it uh, sounds like it will, uh, Allison, with everything that we have, as long as the, uh, you know, some Delta variants, you know, terrorism doesn't, you know, more than that, but that leads us in actually right into, uh, you know, the hockey season. I know the word terrorism, it makes people chuckle anyway. So, um, Allison, let's, let's get back to hockey, right? A little bit. Um, we touched on watching the WCA. We talked, uh, on playing it for the first year, I guess, looking back at your freshman year. Uh, and then going into your sophomore year, what sort of adjustments do you think you're going to make? Or, you know, I guess, how is your comfort level now that you've had a full season under your belt, albeit not a normal season under most circumstances, but how do you feel going into next season? Um, you know, I feel strong. Uh, definitely a lot more comfortable than I was last year because didn't know what to expect. And now I have a good um, know what to expect this year for sure. So, um, definitely working on speed wise and just strength building strength for sure. Um, but yeah, no, definitely feel a lot more comfortable than I was last year. So. And then a quick follow up, uh, Kenzie, obviously same kind of situation now as you know, I alluded to quite, you know, the person like to tack on multiple points on the score sheet. Uh, was it tough to not, uh, I guess, you know, be as impactful to the score sheet and, uh, are some, are there some things you may change to maybe try to get some more digits added to uh, the paper at the end of the uh, end of the game, or I suppose how are you looking at your sophomore season coming up? Yeah, it was definitely different, but I was happy for all my teammates that were getting the points and I'm fine with not being the person that did that. Um, I think there's more to the game than just that doing your part, not letting the other team score. And yeah, just, yeah, next year, definitely want to focus on getting stronger. Like Ali said, um, that'll help getting more points getting the shots off quicker, placing them better. And yeah, looking for the open play, just whatever. 
Yeah, <laughs> just just an average day at the office. Right? Yeah, shoot score, right? Easy. <laughs> I was going to say, I was kind of, I was kind of chuckling. She, she, she was like, "Yeah, you know, keeping the puck out of the net." You know, I hear that works really well for a lot of teams when they're able to do that, Kenzie. So let's yeah. do that. Yeah, it really helps them. Why not? I uh, the a uh, couple other questions that I kind of had too about uh, actually your bios. Of course, when you come in in your freshman year, everyone wants to know who the new uh, Saint Cloud State players are. Uh, when when you two came in, kind of some interesting takes on you know favorite books, favorite songs, that sort of thing. Uh, Ali, I'm going to start with you. I I think uh, yes. I had to look at my notes. Had to had to think real hard there. Uh, favorite book, Hunger Games, and favorite song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Are we talking Everybody Wants to Rule the World, like Lord from the Hunger Games, 2013, that song? Oh no, you're talking about the 1985 original. Yeah. Okay. I I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Well, I mean, I was piecing two you and two to together. Go with that one. If you're listening to the other one, that that's that's a problem. <laughs> I love it when my co-host gets roasted on, on music. <laughs> wonderful. I seem to set myself up for that quite a bit, don't I? Yeah, you really did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the song piece, though, Kenzie, on your side, uh, favorite song is It's My Life. Now, that could be about six different songs. Are we talking Bon Jovi? Yep, we are. Okay, we got some cool retro people yep. in here. Uh, favorite book, though, is this actually true? Is your favorite book truly To Kill a Mockingbird? It's a really good book. I think it has a really good meaning to it, but I just really had to pick a book and that was one of the most recent ones I read. So, <laughs> but I do, I really do enjoy that book. And Allison, I, I wanted to ask too, there was an extra little tidbit on your bio that uh, wasn't on Kenzie's, uh, maybe because she lives uh, in the land of 10,000 lakes, not 10,000 narwhals. Have you ever actually seen a narwhal? Are narwhals real? And what is the deal with that on your bio page? My bio page? Yeah, your little meet the Huskies thing. They asked, are narwhals real? And you said, yes, definitely. So uh, they, I, they, I've never seen one personally, <laughs> but I know they're real. I don't know. I don't even remember getting asked that question, to be honest with you. But yeah, no, I don't think I've ever seen one as of right now so <laughs> nick there there are there are moments when we do interviews where i don't nope, know don't drag me into that question no way no i'm just saying there are i'm moments, not the one reading off your notes no I'm, I'm just saying there are moments in an interview where i don't know where to go next so mr nick maxson i'm handing it off to you <laughs> what he's saying is save me right that's exactly what he's yes. saying okay uh kenzie let's go to you a little bit so let's talk about the team a little bit right so the last couple of seasons the team has said you know what here is our here's where our bar is and we want to get to here right so what is the bar for this team now and where do you see this team getting to and where's that bar's ceiling supposed to be for this upcoming season yeah I think like after last season like we were here and then after like we tripled our wins from this previous season before that like the conference wins and I think that definitely raised it more because we saw like how much potential we really have and I think we know what we need to do next season to push the limits all the way to the ceiling. Yeah, I believe it was, it's a 324 winning percentage and I believe it's the best since 2015, 16, if I'm not mistaken. So on the up and up for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, quick follow up, Allie. So, you know, you can talk about bars, you can talk about levels, right. But we all know that with athletes, it comes down to confidence. What's the confidence level in this locker room right now and how promising is this team looking towards next season to be able to reach that bar that you guys have set? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely after our last series, our confidence level is definitely up there at the moment. I think once finishing the season, our um, spring training was th the best that I think it's ever been. But I mean, most of the girls told me that um, it was just, we were all, we're all committed to one thing and that is to get better as a team. And I definitely think we have made amazing strides the last season. And I definitely think that boosts our confidence considerably. So um, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what we have in store this year. So. And then uh, Kenzie, just a, a last follow-up to uh, it, for me, I guess, looking from the outside, I think Noah would agree with this that month long break that was between, you know, essentially in the middle part of the season, uh, to me, that was a killer only because as an athlete, you guys were trending in the right direction. There was definitely some things going your way. And then you had to sit out almost a month, uh, looking at this season, barring the things don't change. We should have a normal uh, schedule coming out. Uh, 
how important it is to have that consistency of playing every single weekend so that you can keep the building off confidence and doing the right things every single week. Yeah, for sure. Like I know a lot of the girls on our team really like routines and I think getting into that weekend, every weekend have having games will really help us. Although like, in my opinion, like that month break like you were talking about really helped us off the ice, getting to know each other, getting along better. And it really built that part of our team, which I also think that like transformed into or transferred over into the on ice part. And it really helped us communicate better. And I thought that was actually really good for us. Yeah. When you talk about getting to know each other, of course, you both uh, entering your sophomore season, you know, in the same class, essentially. Uh, when you two first kind of met each other and now you've gone through your first year together, you both are forwards. So I got to ask if it's a if it's a one on one battle drill in the corner and it's Kenzie versus Allie, who, who wins that battle? Who comes out of the corner with the puck? Who's putting the biscuit in the basket? Uh, Allie, any oh, ideas? Boy. I don't. I guess, I guess the better question is, Allie, we'll start with you. How would you describe Kenzie's game if you had to describe it? Boy, <laughs> put me on the spot. Um, I mean, I would say she's very smart with her decisions. She's always looking for the right play, you know, and when she gets that puck, she it's, she's very good at her quick release, to be honest with you. that's I look up to her considerably for that one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a shooter. Uh, Kenzie, uh, same question for you. Uh, what does Allison Green bring to the table? Yeah, she has really good hockey IQ. She's a 200-foot player. She knows where to be with and without the puck. She always is like knows what to do before she gets the puck, and it's really inspiring. I, I got to be honest. They listed about seven things that I don't know how to do, and I've been doing the game for 20 years, Nick, so I might need help with that, to be honest with you. I, I control you right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that back. uh you know it it does bring up some points though right so it is the off season now uh allison i'll just start with you so what's the next steps here uh it's july 21st the time we're recording this uh by the time we know it it's going to be august it's then going to be september and then before we know it in october we're down to the brass tacks we're playing uh meaningful games again so what is the preparation from here on out to get you personally ready for this upcoming season Right. You know, just keep training. I mean, training all summer, but definitely going into the season, focusing on what I need to do and what the team needs to do in order to be at our full potential going into the season, just focusing on that mainly working hard. Yeah. And then uh, Kenzie, a slightly different question, but along the same lines, now, using the offseason, you know, you're getting coaching schematics or getting this. Um, there's a lot that's talked about the physical preparation. There's a lot of mental preparation, too, that comes along with it. For those who maybe um, who are young ladies watching this podcast or maybe wondering what, what does it take to be a collegiate athlete and what does that offseason look like, can you describe it from an off-ice perspective, what it takes to prep uh, in between seasons? Yeah, so this summer I chose to live in St. Cloud, although I'm not there right now. But it's been really nice to train with – some of my teammates and like we're building up together and afterwards like we'll do some days we'll do yoga we'll stretch and just like the recovery is super important especially like in the off season because you're lifting heavier weights than you would in season and that recovery is really important. Kenzie, I want to ask kind of a follow-up question to that. Uh, of course, uh, first of all, you know, kind of who are you training with? Uh, you know, are, are you training with some of the older players, kind of a healthy mix of players? And then uh, when you're not training, uh, what are you kind of doing in your free time uh, to kind of lay low after uh, after you've gotten done with a workout or work or whatever it is? Yeah, so I've been training with mostly older girls. Um, I'm the youngest one there. There's two fifth years or two fifth years are there and then three seniors and then me. So I'm young compared to them, but, um, yeah, we'll have movie days some nights, just like hang out in one of our apartments, have a movie night. Um, we'll go out to dinner some nights or we'll bring food to our apartments again, just kind of hang out. We'll go for a walk sometimes like tomorrow we're going to the quarries after working out and yeah. Do you feel that that, uh, especially when you mentioned that training aspect, having, uh, you know, those older gals who have been there for four or five or, or soon to be five years, uh, do you feel that that's helped you develop and you kind of lean on them for that kind of expertise and experience, if you will? For sure. I, I listen to them. I look up to them so much. Um, they've all been through it. They know what I'm going through better than anyone else. So, 
yeah, what they have to say, they'll push me to be my best. And I try my best to push them to be their best too. Allison, same question along the lines. I also kind of was thinking to myself and chuckling how I asked you what you wanted to be called before the interview. And you said, Allie, and I think I've called you Allison all but like one time. So we got to work on that. We got to totally work on fine. that. <laughs> but I, I did want to ask, as we mentioned, you, you are in Anchorage. Uh, what was, first of all, the travel situation like for you, of course, you know, you know, pre and post COVID, if you will, and kind of going through that piece. And then when you are in Alaska, are you a big hiker? Do you like the outdoors? What do you like to do in, in your downtime? Yeah. So definitely traveling wise, it was a little difficult with, um, you know, when we were in season coming back for, it was a little harder because I would have to quarantine and I'd have to do this. So like when I first came to St. Cloud last year, I had a quarantine and all that. So it, it is difficult. Um, it's not, it's not a drive away for sure. Um, definitely this summer I am huge into the outdoors. So I go hiking almost every day if I'm not working out or anything like that. And it definitely does help working out wise because it's a totally like different shape that you're in hiking wise. So hiking is definitely one of the top things I do when I'm home. I had a quick follow-up, Nick, before I let you jump in here. Uh, Allie, on that note, for people that haven't been to Alaska, uh, hiking or otherwise, is there a place that you would recommend uh, that you would visit uh, if you're up in Alaska, you know, a specific, you know, national park, specific lake, specific city, uh, anything like that? Because Alaska, last time I checked, is kind of big. <laughs> Just, just a tad, but um, I would definitely say go to Denali National Park. There's so many things to do there. I took my first visit there last year. I've never been there, um, but it's there's so many things to do there. You can zip line, ATV, go rafting, go hiking, whatever you want to do. Um, I would definitely come visit Anchorage because it's the main place people come. And if you're wanting to go hiking in Anchorage, do flat top. It's a mountain that's flat on the top. So it's pretty, it's easy to And yeah, so, but it's, it's, a, it's a good hike for people. That's whenever some of my teammates came up a few years ago from Beltire, that's the first hike I took them on. So. Uh, Kenzie, now I know Alaska gets uh, uh, rightfully, you know, some prayer for some outdoor activities but being in st michael you are almost smack dab in the middle between the twin cities and st cloud uh, i suppose you know you can either go to the cities and, and have some some fun there you're also not that far away from you know the outdoors minnesota again you almost hit a lion and it's rural country uh what do you do in your spare time are you the outdoorsy type as well or do you also venture into the cities and maybe take part in some of the festivities there yeah i love being outside i love being on the lake um over the fourth i spent quite a few days on the lake is really relaxing to get away from everything and just at, be at peace there, I guess. Um, I'm not really a big city girl. I'll go down there every once in a while, but it overwhelms me and I hate driving down there. So I try to stay out of it, but yeah. 94 is tore up yeah, um, for 20 some odd miles. It is an awful drive mm -hmm. and one that's going to continue for the next couple of years from what I say. But uh, Ali, I have a quick follow-up question for Alaska. Now there was a, a, a famous gentleman, uh, maybe you've heard him, his name is Ilya Prisgolov, um, former goaltender of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And he said that there's not a lot of things that he was afraid of, but he was afraid of one thing, bears. <laughs> and are there, have you had a bear encounter out there in Alaska? Um, have you said hi to one or, you know, I guess how's Yogi um, this year? It was, it's not as been as bad as yours in the past with bears. Um, I did have a bear encounter a few weeks ago. We were hiking and, um, we came up right on the trail in the middle of the trail was a mama with her cub, which that's like the number one thing that you do not want to run into when you're hiking. So we slowly backed up, went the other way, told everyone that was going up. It was kind of a bummer because it was one of our favorite hikes to do. But yeah, no, we've been lucky this year for bears. But yeah, you definitely don't want to see one. No. Um, and then a quick follow up from that. Um, I guess Alaska, again, the last frontier bears. But about other wildlife that maybe folks down here in the United States don't maybe get a chance to see. Um, are there any other wildlife sightings that you get? Or is it kind of the bears, the, the big one that often people will uh, attach you to Alaska with? See, a lot of people, whenever they come up here, are always asked to see a moose. <laughs> it's like the number one thing that people want to see. It's crazy. And we see them everywhere. Like they're always in our backyards. Like they're everywhere. It's annoying, but that's like the number one thing people want to see. 
Allie, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did I have I told this story before on the show, Nick? Kind of a side tangent. I actually got licked in the face by a moose calf when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. My told... cat fell over and died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have I ever told this story? It, it's not that long of a story, Nick. I, can you remember? I, you know, I don't recall, honestly. Um, you're asking, so, you're asking the old brain to remember something. Come yeah, on. We, I probably told it six times and just don't remember it. Um, but th to give you a quick synopsis, Ali, I was walking with my dad. We have 48 acres and we're kind of near a lake ourselves uh, up in North Dakota, about five minutes walking straight north from the Canadian border. So uh, we were walking one day and we were coming up a hill and we ended up seeing one of the moose calves. And uh, of course we're watching it and watching it. And, you know, I was seven, eight years old and I turned to my right and the other one was standing, had just come out of the trees and didn't see it. And it was just boom, tongue right to the face. And of course, as you know, and you alluded to so well, when there's two baby moose calves, that means mama moose is coming back. So we mm -hmm. hightail it out of there and that sort of thing. So I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess to follow up on that, not that we want to get into like the grizzly area, are, are there ever kind of postings or special warnings or things you really have to pay attention to when you're in Alaska? You know, when you talk about moose roaming around that, uh, you know, maybe people in the quote unquote mainland, if you will, don't really think about. Yeah, no, you always need to be aware, especially when you go hiking. The number one thing that you need to have is bear spray. You never leave home without it when I'm going hiking. And I have a new puppy. So whenever I take him with me, I always put a bell on him. So a lot of noise, uh, bear spray for sure. And I mean, I wouldn't recommend hiking by yourself for sure. <laughs> Try to go in groups because that's, yeah, key. Yeah. Show a force, right? Uh, Kenzie, you mentioned being on the lake. Now, uh, in Minnesota, there's two types of lake people there. Well, let me say, there's three. There's those who go to relax, like say the boat, they just catch sunrays. There are those who are sort of the water sports where uh, they go tubing, they go wake surfing, they go water skiing, uh, wake, uh, wakeboarding. And there's a third type that likes to go fishing. Uh, are you one of those? Are you multiple of those? Or maybe are you zero of those? I can't tell. Um. Well, I'm probably a little bit of all, except for like fishing. I like to fish, but I'm really scared of fish. So like I refuse to touch them and take them off, but I like to catch them. <laughs> but, are there, so, are there so certain like, species of fish you like to catch? Whatever will bite my bait. <laughs> so, um, so what you're saying is Kenzie, just like hiking, can't fish alone then. Yeah, you need someone to... Exactly. <laughs> I don't find it relaxing to be alone. I like talking to people when I'm doing it, so... But yeah, I like to lay on the boat, but then it'll, it'll get too hot. So then I'll have to go in the water, but I like being in the water as well. Yeah. Just watch out for Walter the Wally, right? He's coming up for oh, yeah. uh, the ankles and the toes and whatnot. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I maybe only have a couple more questions here, Noah. Uh, and again, ladies, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, as we approach uh, the end of July here now, Kenzie, uh, one of the big events in Minnesota that was not available to everybody that I make a personal trek to was the state fair. Now I want to get your thoughts. Are you a state fair goer? Oh, wait, wait I got some rocking back and forth. So this is a, <laughs> this is a shop like, that's good. Um, are you a state fair participant or are you not? I feel like there's one or the other. Uh, so tell me what's your thoughts on the Minnesota great get together. I love the state fair. I think it's great. I think anyone who's ever in Minnesota should go if they're here during it. Um, Allie, you should come back for it and we should go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unreal. Like, I feel like you can't compare it to anything really. Do you, do you go, do you go once uh, or do you do multiple days? Uh, because again, getting in the door is not cheap. It's about 14 bucks now for an adult to get in. Um, that's not, you know, including the food costs. Uh, I know some folks take one big day and they're there for like 12 hours. Some folks will be like, yeah, six hours, but they'll go like five times. Uh, which group do you fall in? I'm, I'm the one day kind of girl. Um, I like to spend a lot of money on food there because I think the state fair food is amazing. Sweet Martha cookies, nothing beats them. Um, yeah. And um, then uh, for Allison, now I, I would imagine too, you have never been to the Minnesota great get together. I've heard, um, it so, I've heard about it so many times. Kenzie for, for Allie. Now, if, if you do come down, you because what you should, um, if you had maybe top five, maybe even top six food items, you already mentioned sweet Martha's cookies. There's no question. That's always a mainstay. Any other foods that Allie should try when she's at the Minnesota state fair? Definitely the Pronto pups. Um, those are a big staple there. Um, their cheese curds are really good and fried pickles also yes. really good. And 
surprisingly, I really like their corn on the cob. Corn on the <laughs> kind cob. Of a random one, have, but. Well, it's, it's, it's oven, you know, it's not, it's campfire roasted number one. Yep. And then you get your yep. choice of either regular butter mm-hmm. or lemon butter. Uh, for and those they have, who like, like that, that red seasoning that they put on. Yeah. I, I really wish I knew what was in that, but it was super, super good. Uh, so yes, Allie from Alaska, come down to the Minnesota State <laughs> Fair, uh, indulge yourself, have some great food, but uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, Noah, if I recall, North Dakota has a couple of county fairs, um, but that's about it. Uh, I guess, you know, you know, Mr. <laughs> Max, and I would like to point out that this Friday, the North Dakota State Fair does start and that's I will be covering it. Thank you very much. Um, and Kane Brown is uh, the final act and the opening night is Leonard Skinner. So calm down. Okay. That must be a short <laughs> list anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Now I feel a little bit dumb about our state fair and it's fine. Whatever. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Only a couple more questions here uh, for you both. Um, and, and as we, as we look forward to next season, is there a personal growing point for each of you? I know you talked about like, um, you know, trying to get stronger, trying to get better. Um as you continue to grow and develop, I think one of the pieces that's important is that coaching staff, right? And I know that when you look at Molly Engstrom and Janelle Sergey, especially Janelle likes to do a lot of off-ice stuff normally in normal seasons, especially when the season is done, where it kind of never ends if you don't want it to end, if you will, provided you can jump on the ice. Allie, we'll start with you. What does the coaching staff bring to St. Cloud State? And were they instrumental in getting you into a Huskies uniform in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Definitely when I was being recruited, they definitely were a huge part of that. I mean, just going there to visit, they were so welcoming and you knew that they wanted me to be there, you know, and that's a good feeling to have, but I definitely feel like this season, they were very inspirational and motivating, always wanting us to be together. Always, like you said, with Janelle off I stuff, she, whenever you asked, she would be there, which was amazing because it helps significantly. So. Yeah. Kenzie, uh, kind of along those same lines, uh, you know, what does that coaching staff bring to the table? And the other question I wanted to kind of get to Kenzie, if you maybe kind of want to try to roll two into one, if you're able to do that, when we talk about the development process and we've asked this with a lot of guests, especially concerning women's hockey, we talked about the, the journey that you had through high school and those U S development camps, I, you know, what is the next step for the growth of women's hockey? Cause we talk about it so much that there, there is still, I think uh, another step or two to be reached in the game of women's hockey and continuing to grow and build. Yeah. So I think for our coaching staff to start with that, um, I think each of them brings something different. Um, Molly's big on like the aggressiveness part when Janelle focuses a lot on skill wise and Steve is just kind of head manning it all. Um, But yeah, I think they each bring something Then they're willing to work on whatever it is that we need to work on or want to work on with us. And I think that's really great. And then for the next step for women's hockey, just the exposure part is huge. I think Um, getting more teams in the professional women's league um, will definitely help compared to like the men's, like the NHL. They have what a team in every state, almost every state and women's obviously doesn't so I think that would be huge for us but yeah exposure would probably be number one yeah we've talked about that of course they have the dream gap tour that's coming up that's a focusing a lot too and has had some games already focusing some of the the women's hockey pieces I still have to go back it shouldn't have ended in a shootout but that 2008 uh, Olympic uh, women's gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada staying up till three o'clock in the morning although Allie was probably about 11 o'clock at night in your neck of the woods Very convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Uh, One of the best, if not the best hockey games I've ever watched. Ali, kind of along those same lines, though, if you were telling people, uh, for example, uh, not only in Anchorage, but in the Granite City and around that are Huskies fans, you know, what would you say to them to get them to the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center and come watch a game? How would you promote St. Cloud State Women's Hockey if uh, if we promoted you to marketing director here for, for a brief moment? Um, I would say better, very energizing. You know, our team is just one of those teams where you get us going and we're going. So I would say that and just, you know, this is a tricky question to answer. That's what, um, that's what we do, Allie. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> and again, I love how he just, you know, tries to pull me into, you know, his questions. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, I would just say like the energy whenever we're playing is just very high and we're always, you know, motivating each other. And so when I say people to come watch, just watch our body energy, watch how we're communicating with each other and on the ice, just speed wise and skill. Yeah. It's, it's getting better. So. Yeah. It's, it's something that we've noticed too. Not only has the group seem like it's getting um, more energized and a lot closer knit, but it seems like the skill level is going up too for the St. Cloud State group. So we're really excited. I actually uh, um, got a, got a text from Steve McDonald the other day, kind of giving us a, a little bit of uh hardcore um joshing if you will essentially doing the men's hockey preview in the women's lounge and he was kind of like oh you didn't mention the women's team and you were in the women's lounge you gotta get on the ball but uh, we discussed how excited we are for this group and nick i think i speak for you when uh, we can't wait you know for that october uh, and september piece to, to kind of go through nick do you have anything else to add any other any other questions here yeah, that's my last question. And sure. it actually, it's a great segue from what you're asking for. Uh, ladies, going into your sophomore season, the one thing you were missing from your freshman year was a, you know, a Herbrooks National Hockey Center that had a fan base. And I, I guess watching college hockey, and I think, you know, for any, every athlete, myself, Noah included, all four of us former athletes, excuse me, two of us former athletes, two current athletes. <laughs> Math, okay? So, uh, but, you know, the fan, yeah. Two, two, anyway. Um, but, you know, you watch it and half of it's the game and the other half of it is the atmosphere, right? It's the fan and athlete interaction. Uh, Kenzie, when you stepped on the ice for the Herb and, you know, all you looked around was an, an empty palace per se and, you know, maybe hearing about what the Herb could have offered and, you know, what you've heard from maybe your teammates prior was, how different was that experience as a freshman to go into be that kind of like your initiation to playing in college hockey? Yeah, so growing up, like I said, I had always gone to games. Like, I knew what the atmosphere was like there, and it was completely different than what we experienced this year. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get the fans there. Um, at the end, we started to a little bit, um, but it was nowhere near what everyone had talked about, what I have experienced with it. So I'm excited for next year, this season, to have that there. And, and uh, Al, my final question for the afternoon here, uh, it's afternoon for you. It's evening for us, for those paying yeah. attention. So, <laughs> uh, but if there are Huskies fans watching this and you had mentioned very eloquently that, and it's true for both men's and women's, there's no question the players feed off the audience, right? Mm -hmm. There's no absolute denying that. How and why should Huskies fans come out this year and support this squad? Tell them a reason to come out and watch it because honestly, I'm going to be there. Noah, I'm not sure where you're going to be. You're going to be still stuck in North Dakota. I'll be watching. He'll be watching, but yeah. I, I do think there is an importance to be set up by getting the fans back in the building. Um, there's still not 100% confirmation on this. Again, COVID is still being up and down with us, and I, I sincerely hope that you know things stay on status quo. Uh, but to the fans out there, how are you going to bring them into the stands? You know, I, what I would say to the fans is be ready to come because we are going to be ready. We've been training hard. We are all a hundred percent fully in we're committed and we're just ready to get started. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just really exciting. I mean, and, and you look at the growth of this program, like we just talked about it. It's just to have you know goal scores that that are coming in and creating that new skill. It just it's it feels. I don't want to use the term new era because I feel like that's overused, but it feels like you know with you when you have your fifth year players and then they're kind of passing the torch onto your group and the group that's coming in. It just feels like it, it's it's a family that really supports itself uh, even after you know players are done playing and moving on to whatever they're doing. My final quick question for you both uh, actually kind of involves the off ice piece a little bit, but more the team camaraderie. We talked about the fans coming in the building and the differences for COVID. Is there anything that either of you two are looking forward to as far as the actual school aspect or the team aspect, maybe finally getting that college experience that maybe you missed in your freshman season? Kenzie, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm really excited for like the school aspect to actually be able to go in person, talk to my professors face to face and not over a computer um yeah that i'm really excited for that and then with the team like being able to go out to restaurants and sit down and eat with them instead of either having to go pick it up and bring it back or just not eating with them in general um i'm really looking forward to doing that with them 
Yeah. And then Allison, same thing. Uh, you know, what, what are you looking forward to most? And also, you know, how would you describe this team and kind of we've, we've mentioned and alluded it to, to it so much, you know, the family aspect and, you know, what, what goes on in that locker room, but can you kind of give us a small hint in your closing answer about really how close this team is and how well you get along? Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely excited for the school part, being able to meet people outside of hockey would be really great. Uh, didn't really get that this past year, but depth for the team wise, as you said, family is probably the biggest thing that I could say about it. Um, we're all there for the same reason. And the most amazing thing about it is that we are all very encouraging towards one another and we just want the best for each other, which I think is the biggest part of our team and the reason why we have gotten to where we are and that's the most exciting part too, is because we can just build that on that even more and being able to bring in these new girls and just bringing them into the family. That's going to be even more exciting too. So, yeah. Allie and Kenzie, uh, again, there's so much to be excited for, for this group. Um, I, I think there's a lot of growth that we are going to watch both on and off the ice. And, uh, we're looking forward to capturing it all as the season does approach again, about, uh, 60 days away, honestly, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the calendar, so it's coming up quick. Uh, both of you, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Huskies Woman House podcast, episode number 70. Again, Kenzie Bourgeret. I did it again. Mackenzie Bourgeret, <laughs> Allison Green. Again, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the off season, and we will definitely catch up with you ladies uh, as the season approaches again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Score some goals this year. We'll try our best. Yes. <laughs> Once again, I, that was a fantastic interview, Nick. A lot of fun to go through. And honestly, like, I just really want to go to Alaska <laughs> at this point. I know that we had talked with uh, Allie quite a bit after that. And, you know, we're going to grab Kenzie and bring her along. We're going to head up to Alaska, head down to Vegas, you know, check out some Seattle cracking games. We've got all sorts of plans here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. And, I mean, what is one thing that you are looking forward to most, not only about this single state women's team, but that sophomore class, that, that now sophomore class, you know, making that jump. What is something that uh, you're excited to see from that group? You know, you want to see them. I, I know we mentioned this during the intro, but you want to see them own the reins. Right. And I think it, there's an instinctual part that is hesitant or resistant to that because, you know, as uh, as both of these players, I think mentioned a couple of times is, you know, even with nicknames, you know, we were talking off the air that, you know, you know, you say, oh, that nickname is there, but it doesn't make sense. Right. Or I'm just going to accept it because I'm the freshman and, uh, you know, I don't have a voice in this. You really want a sophomore class as talented and as uh, I guess as driven as this one is to have the confidence to say, this is my team. I'm going to take it by the horns and I'm going to go with it because if they do that, I think having that younger leadership driving the bus or even more so maybe it's a co-leadership with the junior class, right? Um, we have a mixture uh, of under and upperclassmen um, where I think there's only good things to come from that. But because you think about it two ways, right? Uh, the upperclassmen, they want to know that the underclassmen is buying into what they feel like they have to do to make this successful. And the underclassmen are looking to the upperclassmen to say, hey, tell us what we need to do to make it successful. If you have a class that's under and a class that's upper, and they, you know, if you want to call it the, you know, joining the forces of the Jedi or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, you know, that's a powerful, you know, cohesive element to, I think, a team that, as you mentioned before, this is a squad that has a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential to really make some noise in the WCHA. Um, you know that, you know, the bar can only grow from here, but how high that bar can go, I think, is a direct link to how we, we talk about cohesiveness, too if this junior and sophomore class can really come together and take reins of this hockey's club, I really do think that the sky's the limit for this. Um, we saw it. They gave Wisconsin fits at nights. They gave the Gophers fits. They're not as far away as I think that the surface statistical person looking at a website would, uh, would, you know, claim that they are. I, I think they're much closer than that, honestly, but again, and the sky is their limit. And where that sky is, is a lot of what they can do 
as a group and not what they can do as freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior classmen. Well, you talk about the piece on paper too, and I know we're kind of running on a tangent about this, but it's, it's a good point that you talk about where as a player and especially, you know, you and I both know this going through college, you know, as you kind of get older, obviously you acclimate and that sort of thing. But, you know, for example, I mean, if like Kenzie and Allie were still sitting here, the one thing I would say is they move into their sophomore year, right? They only have four points between them in 36 combined games. Uh, you know how to play hockey. The game doesn't change. doesn't matter if you're 18, 20, 22. Pace of play might change. The level at which you're playing might change. But the game of hockey fundamentally doesn't change. So what, when, you, when you look at your, your growth as a player, understand what you need to do every night to be at your best. Don't think about where am I going to be in the lineup. Don't think about, you know, what, what practice drills are we doing today or that sort of thing. Think about... Am I jumping in first or second in line to practice drills every day? Am I eating right? Am I taking care of my body? Am I prepared when it comes to Friday and Saturday or Saturday, Sunday to play the best that I can for 60 minutes plus change if needed and do that two times or three times in a weekend or whatever it needs to be? Because we talk so much about this St. Cloud team, how, as you mentioned, they aren't as far on paper as you think they want to be, but at the same time, that consistency piece has been the piece that has kind of drawn them out where they play Wisconsin to a five, four overtime loss. And the next night they lose eight to one or vice versa, or that sort of thing. Can they find that consistency piece? It's not even so much a team aspect. It's about, are you preparing as an individual? And when you're a young player, that's, I think the next step where it's like, you think about, Oh, I didn't score a goal today or, Oh, I didn't give him the score sheet. I love Kenzie's answer early on in the show when she mentioned there's a lot more to hockey than just scoring, playing the right way, fundamentally being in the right position. That's important. You take care of those aspects. You take care of your preparation. Then the points start to come and then I, you know, the opportunities will be there. So I, when you look at this group, I think that there is a lot of upside for this hockey team. But again, it starts with those underclassmen buying into what that junior class is getting and buying into what the senior and fifth year class is able to provide and set that precedent that they've done so well. Right. And then just to quick, quickly cap off, it's that whole like business owner mentality, right? If you are chasing the money, you're going to fail. However, if again, you wake up and you do the small things, right? You're, you're eating right, as you mentioned. You're doing the drills and you're studying the systems and everything else the coaches want you. The points and the success will follow. And uh, that I think that's where it also leads to consistency, right? And, and a lot of it is also mental consistency too. Uh, no, I think we don't talk enough about that mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, when you watch professional teams, of, well, let's just put the Tampa Bay Lightning there, right? Uh, something that I think John Cooper and I know that uh, also locally, head coach Brett Larson talks about is, you got to keep it even keeled no matter what the situation is, right? You can't let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. So and that's something I think this team is, there's a little bit of, I think some growth for that as well, because I, I can, you could sense going to Wisconsin thing that, you know, when this team was taking Wisconsin to overtime, um, and I think I, I was at the game that, that uh, this past season that this happened, you could sense that there was some excitement there but also some tension there too, right? Where, mm -hmm. you know, they made one mistake or they did one thing uh, incorrectly that it could cost them. And they're not wrong by thinking that way. But, but you can't but, play that way. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's where we talked about confidence in this interview as well. And also we've talked about consistency where it's like, you, you can't worry about the big picture, especially when the puck is on the ice and the clock is ticking. You got to take care of the small things, you know, one thing at a time. And I, Again, the skill level is there for the squad. I think uh, the mental or the hockey IQ is there for the squad. Is it, and can they put it together on a consistent basis each and every night that they're playing these tough WCHA opponents where they will finally get rewarded to do so? And I think they're that close. I really do think they are. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. Obviously, welcoming in the new freshman class here in a little bit as well. They'll get their training started. Like you mentioned, about 60 days, two months or two and a half months and change, whatever it is away from getting ready to rock and roll on another St. Cloud State, both men's hockey and women's hockey season. And we're excited. We're going to be here. We're going to be covering it all. We're going to be doing what we do, Nick. And of course, speaking of doing what we do, we have, of course, our regular Sunday show uh, with uh, no particular plan. So uh, stay tuned for what we're going to have going on. Probably going to be talking a lot of NHL hockey once again uh, after both drafts of course we were recording this the night of the expansion draft so uh, we'll have a lot to talk about in episode number 71 that comes out on sunday but that will do it thank you to kenzie and ali for helping us out with episode number 70.
Palmer. Come in, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perks! No, Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.